You're on track to graduate from a great school, but do you feel unsure of what's next? Top accounting firms want candidates like you with backgrounds outside the industry. Northeastern University's combined MS in Accounting plus MBA will prepare you to launch your career in just 15 months. Develop accounting and business expertise and gain immersive experience through a paid corporate residency. RSVP to a virtual information session at northeastern.edu slash accounting events. Minus one minute. Look at it in this way and kind of reframe it or just adjust their perspective just a little bit and then all of a sudden they see it. Where do you think most business owners fail today? They fail to focus on their zone of brilliance. They want to be everything to everyone. And by doing that, they dilute what they're really, really good at. So that I'll use an auto mechanic as an example, right? An auto mechanic who loves to work on cars, who's also trying to market the business, do the books, run the office, et cetera. If they just focus on working on cars, they'll do that much better and then surround themselves and find people to do those other aspects of their business. Sounds like something I tell people all the time. You know, you can try to become everything to everyone, but then you'll be nothing to no one. Exactly. You're going to be so pulled in all these directions that you're not going to have a chance to let. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome once again to the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. It is wonderful to be here on Fantastic Fabulous Friday. Hello there, Marcus. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing good, John. It's wonderful to be with you. It is great to be with you as well. So we have a great guest uh, coming up a little bit later who you're going to enjoy. But first, I think I want to talk about something that's important, which is keyboards. I mean, have you ever had to pick a keyboard at home, Marcus? Like, do you ever spend time or do you just like grab whatever's on sale? You know, I got I'm guilty of being the guy that just grabbed whatever's on sale and feel disappointed afterwards. So how do we choose, John? That's the big question. Well, how I think it comes choose? down to a couple of things, Marcus. The first thing yeah. is the price tag, but that's not mm-hmm. the only thing. But that does decide what kind of features you get in a keyboard. Right. So do you want a mechanical keyboard like the old IBMs? Do you want something with more with a tactile feeling? If you can't have that click, 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 I think that clicking feeling is annoying. But I do like yeah. something that has some dexterity and texture when you're touching the keys. So it's not like you're just touching an A and suddenly the whole row goes down. Mm. <laughs> um, you know, so I, th- I think that's important. I like a keyboard that's lit up. Yeah. You pay a few more dollars for that. You can even get the wireless keyboards that are lit up. You can get keyboards now that are very small. You're going to pay a little under 200 bucks for those, like the little mini keyboards. Yeah. Uh, Apple has an Apple Magic keyboard. Uh, they Logitech makes a, a Bluetooth keyboard as well. You know, and these keyboards don't just get used for your computer because mm. they're Bluetooth. You can use them with your phone, uh, mm. iPhone, your Android or another type of device. Maybe it's, uh, for example, maybe it's a copy machine and some of the machines that are Bluetooth, you can actually link it to talk to like your Xerox or something like that. Um, so that's another use of of keyboards, but you know, there's another thing, Marcus, and that is how the keyboard feels. Do oh, you yeah. want a keyboard that's natural? Do you want it to have that ergonomic feel? Do you want that nonsense where the keys are split? You know, mm. so it's kind of like, you know, like you're like two hands are kind of like 
almost uh, kind of like two cups uh, mm. turned to, uh, let's say, the far one to the right, one to the left. You know, do you want something like that? Do you want a keyboard that has different colors that change? I mean, you can go crazy with keyboards. But I think when it comes down to it, uh, I tend to like Logitech. That's my preference. I know some people like Microsoft. I think the reason I like them is because with a Logitech wireless keyboard, they provide these free utilities that have just worked for years. Hmm. You get yeah. the Logitech set point utility that you could download for free. And it keeps track of things like your caps lock key, your num lock key. Um, and that software also lets you uh, control the buttons and the functionality uh, of your mouse without having to go into the window settings. It lets you manage it right in the program. So I like yeah. that. They also have the ability to remap uh, your keys at the top so you can have your function keys mapped to things very easily without having to program anything crazy. So I like that. They tend to just work. But what I also like about the USB keyboard by Logitech is those keyboards are neat because you can program in that universal receiver, that little dongle, you can program other devices to work in it. And you can literally download the Logitech pairing um, program. Mm -hmm. And so if you get another keyboard, for example, or another mouse, maybe you've had a Logitech keyboard and it's a universal uh, receiver, you can actually go into the software and clear out the other pieces and literally just turn on the device and it will pair. How cool is that? Hey, that's awesome. I actually like the way that sounds. Um, I, I mean, one one thing about that Logitech, too, is that the battery, you know, is um, pr pretty irreplaceable for about up to two years. So that's that's it's pretty cool that you brought that up. So I might be checking out those a little bit more. And they have some nice options where you can actually uh, be able to, you know, you could turn off the on and off switch. If you turn that switch off, you'll even get more time out of the keyboard. That's nice. And they have a little light on some of them so you can actually see. Plus, if you do get the keyboard with the light in it, it is going to use a little more battery power. Not a lot, but it will use some. So if you do need that, you could turn that on or off, you know, at your leisure when you need it. So the software is called the Logitech Unifying Software. You can get it on Logitech's website. You can get it on a lot of places like CNET.com and so the Logitech Unifying software actually allows you to really hassle-free pair up multiple USB devices with one receiver. Nice. It's a really cool device, but the nice thing about it is that you can just wipe out what's on the receiver and give it to someone else, and it could be used with someone else. So if you get a keyboard and you pay the extra few bucks and you get the keyboard and the mouse together, it's already paired. This is only if you're a tech person or you've had other keyboards, you don't want to use them and you want to use that receiver, then you're able to use it and pair it. So, but you do need to have the Logitech unifying receiver. You can't have one of the old uh, receivers from many years ago, or you will only be able to use that device. It's not a receiver that will allow you to pair other devices. So that's really important. So if it's more than I'm going to tell you eight years old, you might not be able to pair it with the Logitech unifying software. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. So this is definitely uh, premium and it's best. So uh, thank you, John, for that. It is my pleasure. And I, and I think you're going to find that when you do decide to get, you know, a keyboard, you have options like, you know, turning your uh, sound on and off, uh, being able to raise it a touch or lower it. You even have options on there to control your rewind and fast forward and your play buttons uh, of your music. 
So I think that's nice. And what I like on their keyboards is they also have a little button at the right where you can press it to bring up your favorites or your bookmarks if you're in uh, Firefox. And you can also hit a button to pull up your keyboard. I think that is just really neat. And of course, let's not forget about the fact that you have your Windows key and you have your function key. So you can do common things like, uh, um, you know, lock your PC. Uh, you can even do a function F11, which will actually do a power off of your PC. And you even have a battery indicator, function F12, which will do a battery check. So some really neat stuff. But if you do get a solar keyboard, uh, those are great too, but I want to just tell you one thing. We've had a lot of clients that complain about their solar keyboards, and it's because they don't have them under direct light. Mm. They don't need light from outdoors, but they do need light from a reliable source, such as your office lighting, whether that's a bulb or it's outdoor yeah. lighting. So I tell people they're having a problem, just take the keyboard and put it under your, your kitchen table light for a few hours, and it'll be fine. <laughs> I had one client, he says, John, I can't deal with this. I say, you know what? I'm just going to replace your keyboard for you. I'm going to give you a brand new Logitech keyboard with a battery yeah. and no solar. He's like, you yeah, get the solar nonsense out. I can't take that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, different yeah. strokes for different folks, but you also have to download the solar app. And the solar app actually tells you how strong your battery is. How neat is that? That is, that is neat. Uh, especially if you want to stay the uh, the, the eco friendly you know, the way and do things to you know support you know, the, the ecosystem. Yes. Yeah, so in other news, now that we'll jump off of the keyboard and uh, talk about something keyboards are used to do, which is to surf places like Facebook and uh, other types of social media sites. I don't know if you know our friends over at Singapore. We haven't talked about them really. Um, well, they order Facebook, Twitter to correct false claims on a new COVID variant. Wow, it seems like Facebook and Twitter are becoming like the uh, social media police nowadays. You know why? I think it's because they're starting to realize the ramifications. I'm not talking about false news, like political false news. I'm talking about things that have to do with health-related matters because they open up this huge can of Pandora, Pandora's worms. So they're feeling that they need to do something because you know what? It's causing them a financial impact. Yeah. And that's why they're making them do it. So Singapore has ordered Facebook, Twitter, and a local publisher to, to correct what it says is a false statement circulating that implies a new coronavirus variant originating in the city state and risk spreading to India. I think this whole COVID thing has gotten blown out of hand, Marcus. Yeah, I really believe so too. And it's got to the point where there's so so much information out there and it's becoming very dangerous uh, in, in terms of uh, how it's being deployed. I think it became a political nightmare, if I may say so myself. And I believe that this could have been solved sooner if politics was not at the top of the crescendo list of many people. Yeah, you're finding a lot of those uh, political uh, juggernauts on there. Yeah, and I don't want to mention yeah. names, but some of those people that, you know, are very high up there, especially some of the medical people, they're not all that, Marcus. No, they're not. And <sighs> <laughs> I've lost respect for so many of those people. Yeah. It's not even funny. 
But the biggest thing I have to share with you before I go to our next uh, topic and then interviews our next guest is um, I got my second shot this past Friday, which was the um, which was the Pfizer and very smooth. The first shot I had, by the way, went very well. I just was really tired at 830 at night, which was 12 hours between the shot and the and the uh, and my rest time. So I got really, really tired. The second shot. I didn't get tired when I went home. But what happened was about uh, 10, 11 o'clock, I get hot flashes for an hour. Hmm. I turned the air conditioning on. I started to freeze and could not warm up. I went to bed, still very cold and shivering, but I did fall asleep eventually. The next morning I got up and I had an ever so light feather headache till about noon. I took an Advil and I was fine. But the thing I really want to bring up, Marcus, is not that. I want to bring up the part that when I got my first shot, somebody really didn't know what they were doing because I felt like it was a Mack truck that was giving me the shot. <laughs> that That's yeah. that's really, I think, yeah. the, the biggest, biggest challenge. So I, I think we just have to kind of, you know, um, be mindful of this uh, because I had somebody that was an ambulance driver. And he said he had 34 years experience. I went back to the center the second time and I went to see a head RN that was a charge nurse. And I explained to her what happened. She says, you know, John, you're not the first person to say this. She says, we've been getting a lot of complaints. She says, I'm not supposed to do this, but I'll give you the shot. She did. And she's about to touch my arm. And she's, I said, uh, she said, I'm just putting the Band-Aid on. I said, you're done? She's like, I'm all done. So that tells me something, Marcus. That tells me that people don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And they're letting those people get involved. They want us as first responders to give this shot. I mean, this just shows you the inadequacies that we have. Yeah. It's all an attempt to just make themselves look good. And and it's not working at all because it's becoming a total disaster. And it's really scaring off a, a lot of people who would uh, – elsewise support the whole efforts to uh, get this thing you know in the right direction yeah, so. exactly so i think you got to make sure that if you get the shot ladies and gentlemen that you do get it from a qualified rn nurse you yeah. don't want somebody that's just kind of you know playing substitute to help uh vaccine the masses <laughs> exactly. our next guest uh ms krista botsford crotty uh, she helps professionals and organizations break the cycle of what she calls flop. Uh, that's frustration, lack, overwhelm, and uh, procrastination. Uh, Ms. Uh, Crotty is uh, obviously in the field of business consulting. And so uh, what she does is she helps business owners and sales professionals and, and entrepreneurs of the like uh, with uh, not only sales training, but strategies to help them and their groups and also those one-on-one -on -one environments. So she serves small businesses. Um, she helps trade associations, schools, universities, uh, sales directors and managers. But what we're going to learn from her is, you know, what she's done with her business and how has COVID actually uh, impacted her and her business? Please help me welcome tonight to the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, Ms. Krista Botsford Crotty.
Hi, everyone. It's John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur, and I am pleased once again to welcome Krista uh, to the Jaymore Tech Talk Show. Welcome, Krista. Thank you, John. It's good to be here. It's great to have you. So, you know, with everything happening in the pandemic and things cha changing a lot, I know that businesses are having challenges right now, aren't they? Yes. Trying to figure yes. out where they're going. And something interesting I want to ask you first is uh, I know you're in the uh, the field of helping businesses, being like a business analysis and helping them mm -hmm. find their strategy. So I want to ask you, where did you get your wings uh, to decide to go into this type of field? And just tell us a little about that. Sure. So I was I was, you know, pushed, pulled, prodded, however you want to put it, um, by several colleagues that I had done business with. Um, I had used their services and um, in talking to them, they were like, you know, you're really good at kind of looking at the overall picture, looking at everything that's going on in my business. And they would always, people would come to me and say, hey, how do I do this? Or how do I do that? Or who do you know that could help me with this aspect of my business? Um, like you, John, I've been an entrepreneur from a very young age. I started my business at six years old, first one, and from there just kind of evolved. And for me, the journey in getting started was all about helping people. And I went through a training class a few years ago and really understood that my zone of brilliance, my area of expertise was helping others see what was right in front of them that they were missing. That's so right. I, you know, yes. when we were probably six years old or five years old. I mean, the idea was in our heads, but I don't think we were really respected as business owners, let alone entrepreneurs at that point. Or uh, encouraged at all, right? Exactly. They're like, what are you doing with your time? Like, why don't you help mommy, help daddy? Like, why don't you go do something productive with your time? Boy, I was actually, using... in, yeah, I was actually encouraged to do that. So my mom ran a craft bazaar every year and I was encouraged to help. The first place I started helping was with helped my aunt at the checkout. The okay. next year, I actually started selling my own products so that I had my own money to spend. And so that was my first quote unquote sales job and becoming an entrepreneur and understanding that, you know, the balance between or the harmony between working and getting something for doing that work. I knew at a very young age that uh, I wanted to be in my own business. I didn't know what I wanted to be at that point. Didn't know I was going to be an engineer. I thought I wanted to be a doctor. Then I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. And I evolved and went through a lot of uh, morphing. But I decided that engineering comes easy to me. And I just love helping people and making technology easy. So as you help people with a lot of their uh, challenges, you know, through their pathways, which many people have, and they're so diverse, I don't think there is one person or business that has the exact same pathway. I think they're all just a little bit different. So obviously you're very passionate about that. And your name for your company, uh, where does the love of motorsports come from? Because that's in the name of your company. So where does that come from? So that comes from all my, my like literally my entire life. I've been around cars, motorsports. Um, you know, my parents had classic cars growing up. My aunt and uncle both race cars. My dad had a motorcycle. And just being around it and loving the sounds, the camaraderie that comes with being in motorsports or a car club, it's something that you're passionate about. And we lovingly say that once it's in your blood, it's very hard to get rid of. So it's 
drawn a lot of parallels between motorsports and business over the last several years. So I rebranded the company to include that love of motorsports. I think that's fantastic. Um, I do a motivational tip of the day and my tip the other day uh, was persistence pays when it's backed with passion and integrity. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can do anything without passion. You could do things without integrity, but it's going to topple down on you. Maybe mm-hmm. not overnight, but it is when people find out that you're really not the person they thought you were or the business that you were. Now, you you allude to the fact that you have a superpower. So do you turn water into something? Are you afraid of kryptonite? Or So what's your superpower? So my superpower, people would say, is the fact that I can see what others miss. I can see things that are in people's blind spots. I can help them better understand where they're at. Um, I see things that aren't there from the for the typical person. So business owners will come to me and say, hey, this is, you know, I'm really struggling with this. And I'll go, oh, well, look at this. Look at it in this way and kind of reframe it or just adjust their perspective just a little bit. And then all of a sudden they see it. Where do you think most business owners fail today? They fail to focus on their zone of brilliance. They want to be everything to everyone. And by doing that, they dilute what they're really, really good at. So that I'll use an auto mechanic as an example, right? An auto mechanic who loves to work on cars, who's also trying to market the business, do the books, run the office, et cetera. If they just focus on working on cars, they'll do that much better and then surround themselves and find people to do those other aspects of their business. Sounds like something I tell people all the time. You know, you can try to become everything to everyone, but then you'll be nothing to no one. Exactly. Because you're going to be so pulled in all these directions mm-hmm. that you're not going to have a chance to let that genius or that brilliance gel and grow into something, that seed that, you know, nature uh, has uh, designed for us. Mm-hmm. So when you think about businesses today, would you say that there is any specific industry that has more of a challenge than another industry? Personally, I say no. You know, it's it's more about how you look at things and how you evolve and how you adapt. You know, there's a great quote by Charles Darwin that said, you know, it's not the strongest, it's not the smartest that survive, it's the most willing to adapt and those that are the most adaptable to change. And for me and what I've seen over the past year, two years, really the last 18 months has been those businesses that are able to look at things, hear things and adapt to what they're seeing and hearing really have the ability to move forward. Don't let being treated for pain be a pain. Come to Downtown's Healthcare, 950 17th Street in Denver. Find out how to reduce pain naturally without surgery, without drugs. Call Downtown's Healthcare, 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
it's really about something that our own uh, military and the army does, and that's uh, being a chameleon, where they have you dress up in these clothes, and it's so that they can blend into the environment as if they were already there. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a real uh, interesting gift. But, you know, when you talk about businesses today, a lot of people are not very willing to change, are they? No, nobody likes change, you know, unless it's maybe out of muddy clothes or dirty clothes into something clean. You know, change is uncomfortable. Change, you know, can be a struggle. And when you're able to surround yourself with people that support you, regardless of what the changes are, that's awesome. You know, it's if you want to stay the same, great. But a seed, when you plant it, doesn't grow unless there is dirt surrounding it and there are struggles that it goes through to break through that crust of the seed, to break through the top of the ground, to look for the water that it needs. It's uncomfortable. And if you're able to take that and move that forward and be okay with being uncomfortable, you'll grow that much faster. We got to push that envelope a little bit further every day. And I think people that get up and decide that they want to live a routine, even though routines are not bad, if they want to live a routine and not push themselves to be just a little bit better, I'm not talking, you know, gigantically bigger. I'm just talking a little bit better. And if you could just do that every day, I mean, you're going to grow. Would you say that the businesses that you've dealt with uh, today and let's say, back when you started your company many years ago, has things changed in what the business owners are doing wrong or what they're doing right? No, it's very similar struggles. It's a lot of times it's just on different levels, um, different intensities. Most people, like I said before, most business owners will struggle with staying in their zone of brilliance, you know, trying to be many people to many things, like you said. And the same, the struggles are the same. Maybe the the name of the struggle is different, you know, tomato versus tomato, potato versus potato. It's really about how you look at it. The general things that business owners struggle with have stayed the same. They've just appeared in different colored skins, as you said, with the chameleon, right? They're still there. They're the same thing. They just show up in different colors. The other thing I find is that people sometimes know they need to make a change, but then they do something called avoidance. (laughs) And now people have told them to change. Their coaches have told them to change. Their families told them to change. Their customers have told them to change and their clients, but they don't take that step And one wise person once said to me, you know, John, people only do things for two reasons, to uh, avoid pain and gain pleasure. People will actually do things in a quicker fashion to avoid pain. They won't do them as quick to gain pleasure, which is interesting. I think it depends on the person. Okay. It depends on whether you're towards motivated or away motivated in my language. You know, do you really want to move towards something or do you want to move away from things? Do you want to move towards being healthy or do you want to move away from being heavy? So it, it all depends on the person. I think the person de- determines how they're motivated. And if you have the right coach, if you have the right people, if you have the right accountability group in place, you actually can learn from each other which way you're motivated 
and learn how to motivate yourself, how to have others help you and motivate you in moving forward and grabbing that change and running with it. How about now, Krista, with COVID still being around us, has that changed the way your business operates or how your clients operate? So for me personally, in my business, not a lot has changed. Um, one major thing that has changed is the ability to do things like market my business in person. I did a lot of word of mouth, networking, marketing, you know, being in front of people to grow my personal business. For my clients, it depends on the client. It really depends on the client. A couple clients were brick and mortar in-person businesses. So yes, a lot has shifted for them. And they've added new income streams of doing things online, doing things virtually that they now have multiple streams of income because they were pushed in this direction. I have a couple clients who were pushed kicking and screaming into moving into the digital world, moving into the online environment. And now, you know, coming up on a year later, they love it. They're not going back to being in person. So it really, it depends on the business and it depends on the person. Has it changed the way we do business? Absolutely. Has, you know, technology in corporate America and a lot of larger business woken up to the fact that they might be able to do less with more or more with less? Absolutely. I know for many years we were doing virtual conferences and a lot of our clients didn't want it, but we were doing this before. Now it's like everybody's embraced this because they have to, as they're not able to get out and meet people pretty soon, they mm -hmm. will be able to. Mm -hmm. I don't think our world is going to go back the way it was, but I also don't think it's going to stay the way it is now. I no. think we're going to have a hybrid of right. virtual things and on-premise things. There's still going to be people that are going to be skeptical for the next five or 10 years, which we can't help that. But the people that want to make a change, one of the biggest challenges I see is, you know, you want to refer somebody business. Uh, I had a golf club that I belonged to and we were going to do meetings online. And they said, don't bother me until we can meet again in person. It's like they've already adapted that personality to not be open to change. And I think that's the biggest thing as entrepreneurs, serial entrepreneurs, business owners, that we have to not only be available to want to change, but we've got to be open to the outcome. And I tell people we have to be detached uh, from the outcome. Uh, everything's mm -hmm. going to happen in perfect timing. Absolutely. Yes. And it's, you know, it's those that, that, that adapt and shift and change that get to that, whatever they have determined that level of success that they want, those people will move and shift and switch that much faster. Those people who are going to, you know, are sitting back saying, call me when it's over. I don't want to do anything until we're, you know, back in person. Well, one of the biggest things that I have seen companies do over the past year is those companies that have done that. Now that things are starting to open back up, they are struggling. They are scrambling to get back in front of those same people who they were in front of in person before they've neglected marketing to those people. And now they're three to six months out from getting back in front of those people on a consistent basis because other companies stuck around, they stuck it out, they adapted and they changed and they're front of mind versus the company that was like, nope, call me when it's over.
that's really the nugget here is that you got to be uh, ready to change and open mm -hmm. to change. Uh, and mm -hmm. as we wrap up, because we're just about out of time, is as people progress into, you know, the changes of COVID and I call it the new norm, quote unquote, <laughs> I think we're going to have to embrace some new business principles mm -hmm. and some new trust. But I think the real thing besides being open to change is having a respect and a responsibility about how we're connecting with people. There's so many people out there that are just trying to connect for a push. And I think yeah. we really just have to give value, which is what our show does. We're, yeah. we're about providing value to all of our uh, viewers and now to Princeton TV. By the way, thank you to Princeton. Uh, because, you know, we really do want to educate people on so many different levels. Mm -hmm. And so before we do say goodbye to you, Krista, I just like to ask, is there uh, any way people can get in touch with you if they have uh, more questions on possibly how they can get more uh, organized with their business? Absolutely. I am, you can access me through LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, both by my name, Krista Karate, as well as my business velocity business strategist. Uh, I am on, I do have a business Facebook page, Velocity Business Strategists, and I have a YouTube channel, VB Strategists. And then of course you can always text me or call me at 702-677-6923. And my website is vbstrategist.com. I look forward to hearing from people. And if any of you happen to miss all that, that was a lot of information. <laughs> you can uh, replay this because this will be back on our website, usually within seven to 14 days. We actually transcribe all of our shows. So if you're Great. saying, ah, I don't want to go back and actually <laughs> find what part of the show she was in giving her phone number, you can just look on our website because it will be completely transcribed. Cresta, it has been a pleasure learning about you and your company and what you do and just some of the ideas that you follow today so that we could uh, share this with our audience. Awesome. Thank you, John. It's been a pleasure being here. My pleasure. Well, I guess organization is something that a lot of people need to learn. And I definitely want to take the opportunity to, you know, go ahead and thank uh, Ms. Krista Bodsford Crotty for uh, joining us on the show. Well, what did you think of uh, some of the things she had to share with us, Marcus? Yeah, I think she's given a lot of people uh, confidence out there. She, you know, as she's mentioned, she's been doing it before COVID, and and you know, she just kept doing what she was doing. So it's, I think it's impressive. I do too. So uh, definitely a great thing, and um, we encourage you to reach out to her if you have more questions and you know you want to get organized. But you know, we don't ever talk about Mark Cuban. I mean, I know he pops up on a lot of shows, but we never talk about him. He just, yeah. you know, he just doesn't come into my uh, window. I should say. But he came into my window today. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Cuban, and as you know him, he's a, a pretty discriminate investor. Uh, he bet $250,000 on Grind, a company that makes basketball shooting machines. Hmm. So this equipment was created by a 26-year-old uh, named Thomas Fields who also appeared on the May 7 episode, of course you probably knew, of Shark Tank. Mm -hmm. And so uh, this person uh, who you know, Mark Cuban, owns uh, the Dallas Mavericks, if you didn't know already. And um, 
You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown. I'm sure you know uh, Barbara Corcoran, who contributed to this as well. So she combined uh, with Mark for the $250,000 for 20%, 25% of the company, which makes basketball shoe machines. So, you know, whatever Mark wants to get into something, it's like Barbara always wants to get in there. <laughs> yeah. And if Barbara's in there and she's really on board, then Mark wants to get in there. And, you know, Mr. Wonderful, we know Mr. Wonderful all the time, the other gentleman, yeah, yeah. he kind of like, it has to be his way or nothing. He's not willing to negotiate. Exactly. And he has so many parameters that you wonder why you'd even want to try to approach him. <laughs> so this is a very interesting machine, and uh, it's become very popular in pro basketball. But he said um, it was very interesting, and I quote, uh, he just said to trust the process. Uh, you know, he got money from the investors, including Mark Cuban, to expand his company. And and it's very interesting because this is a 26-year-old uh, Houston native that was able to get this $250,000 combined. And so, you know, my question is, you know, who's going to buy something like this? Yeah. Yeah, it just really doesn't seem, you know, like something that, like, the average individual will buy you know, and then we know that with COVID, you know, uh, in the lockdown, it, it, it took out uh, large gatherings and the ability for, you know, gyms to, to get together to uh, even have something like this in their gym. Uh, so. So I think what he's going after, because the name on this is a little bit wrong, just to tell you guys what this is. So it is portable and it's a device that you can put around your net. So what happens is if you're playing basketball, okay, it takes the ball and it basically returns it to you, like a net back to you. So you don't have to worry if you shoot it out of the range, it's going to catch it. Because a lot of times when you're playing basketball yourself, if you hit too far, you shoot over and you're not a pro, which a lot of us are not, uh, you have to go chasing the basketball instead of trying to play hoops. Yeah. So this costs. Well, I'm going to ask you, what do you think this costs? Um, I would say like well over two thousand. You know, maybe three grand. You know. All right. Um, so you must have talked to him before. Uh, it's <laughs> only three thirty nine a month, and it's sixteen ninety five plus tax. Oh. Still pretty, you know, um, expensive for the average average American to have in the back in their backyard to play with. But it's but it but it's portable, uh, Marcus. It's portable. Yeah. And so I think it's an interesting idea. My question is, does it really do what it says it's supposed to do? Yeah. I think what he's doing is trying to give people some hope. And uh, they say batteries are not included. So I'm guessing batteries are needed with this. Hmm. Because what it does is it catches the ball and it returns it to you. Like in, a, in a, um, a mechanical mechanism, which has some type of uh, probably servo motors in it. Yeah. My personal opinion is I wouldn't spend that kind of money on a basketball retrieving equipment. That's no. my opinion. Yeah, that's my that's my opinion, too. You know, um, 
I'd rather I mean, just get the workout. <laughs> yeah, get the workout. You know, yeah. every time I played basketball, my dad was very good at basketball. You throw the ball at the at the hoop and and you shoot. And if you miss, you go get the ball. Right. That motivates you to shoot better, right? Exactly. I have to classify this, Marcus, and maybe I'm wrong. I'm going to classify this as a capital F, as a fad. This is not something that's going to be on everybody's list to use every single day. It's not like weights. No, it doesn't seem like a a, a Christmas stocking uh, stuffer. So. <laughs> oh, it might be a Christmas stocking stuffer. It might get returned. And also might be that thing that you pull out of the closet yeah. just to say, oh, yeah, I got it and I love it. And then you never play with it again. We've all had toys and dolls and yeah. and, and, and things like that. You, you get them and then or the robots and you play with them and then you put it back or the remote control car and we well, want the bigger one or you want a different color or whatever, or you want one that talks and you don't, you don't play with it for whatever reason. Maybe you don't have, maybe you have carpet in your room and you can't run. There's lots of excuses, right? We can make. Yeah. So I got one more topic for our show tonight. Okay. And that is, I am so disappointed mm. at the way colonial pipeline responded and paid that ransom payment. I mean, shame on them. Mm -hmm. They paid $4.4 million of money that is not even theirs to a cyber criminal gang responsible for taking over the U.S. fuel pipeline. Now, remember, they didn't break the pipeline, Marcus. All they right. did was they turned some servo motors so that the fuel would be diverted or stopped. Mm -hmm. It was all by a cyber attack. Yeah. I say shame on the company. I mean, I think I've always told you this before, and you're going to hear from me a million more times, is that it's not a question of if you're going to get attacked, it's when, and do you have the protections in place to be able to combat that? I think that's what it comes down to, Marcus. Yeah, you you write up on the on on the line here when when we're talking about controversy for sure the controversy division. <laughs> uh, but in terms of like you know you you're highly expert in this uh, area here and and you you gave us this warning before uh, about like just the the need to be prepared for when an attack might happen and and here we are with something like this something as <laughs> as important as this you know, uh, coming over to attack and, and then the only thing they can do is pay out for it. <laughs> exactly. And you know, Marcus, I think our world is never going to learn, but you know, if we keep paying, that's sending a message that we're going to do that. So I got a problem with it. So first of all, they should have had backup of their data. Shame on that. Yeah. That's the first thing, but I can go into a, an hour or more plethora of that of why and what they should have done but that doesn't help us today i hope that colonial pipeline has learned their lesson i hope i hope we have an amazing guest next week um ms sarah harberson now if you've had a student we're gonna have a student that is going into college i want to tell you one thing don't write their essay <laughs> she writes a book student soundbite and i have to tell you 
that you have to make sure that the soundbite that you write in that essay matches the soundbite that you speak when you visit them. Too many parents want to write their soundbite for their kid mm -hmm. and then enact them to what they want them to be, but not what they truly are. So now when they get to an interview, they get stuck. Or worse, the person from the admissions or the dean's department doesn't even call them back because they know it's all garbage. They know they didn't write that. Mm -hmm. They didn't use those words. That's their parents. So parents, you need to get out of your kid's life and let them get into college on their own. You can guide them, but don't do the work for them. And please don't do their homework in high school and don't do their homework in college because if you do it in high school, you're not gonna be able to help them in college. And if you do it in college, which I hope you can't, are you gonna be there doing it for them in their job? <laughs> right? Right. Well, we have we have, a, we have a great guest. So definitely tune in next week. And uh, if you have an idea, ladies and gentlemen, for a show, uh, whether it's a, a guest to appear, whether you'd like to appear, uh, whether you have a product that you'd like us to unbox, reach out to jmor.com, click on the reach out uh, button at the uh, far uh, right hand side. Let us know what it is. Remember that if you do decide to uh, have a product sent to us, you're going to have to donate it. It's going to become our property. You can't tell us what to say. And if you do want to be on our show, uh, we do remind you that there is a vetting. So you may go through a pre-interview. We're going to ask you some questions because we want to make sure that you're providing quality and value. We don't accept every guest that comes uh, to apply for our show. And that's because we only want the best for our audience. Well, Marcus, it is that time, unfortunately, to say goodbye, but not for long just for a few days. So I invite all of you to have a very happy, a very healthy, a very wonderful and a very safe weekend. Get out there, go take a breath of fresh air, enjoy, go with your family, with your friends, walk around, whether you have your mask on, whether you're not, if you're socially distant, uh, get out and enjoy life. There's so much beauty out there. Uh, get outside. You know, if you have to bring technology, that's fine. Uh, but don't be bringing something you're going to be like watching glued to your face. You know, you want to put a little music on while you're walking or jogging or whatever, you know, that's fine. And uh, we will see you next Friday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern time. It's always a pleasure to be here. We are the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. And we bring you news about technology, controversies, and things you need to know before you buy stuff and things you better know before you're going to get in real trouble. Well, Marcus, we got to say goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Have yourself a great rest of your weekend. Thank you for tuning in to the Jaymore Weekly Technology Show, where we answer your questions about how technology is supposed to work and sometimes why you have challenges getting it to work that way. For more IT support and tips, just text IT support to 88811. That's IT support to 88811, and you'll get tips on technology. I'll see you next week right here on the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Remember, jmor.com. 
You don't have to live with chronic pain. Downtown's Health can show you a better way. Joint pain, back pain, pain that sits and waits. Downtown's Health offers an alternative with physical and regenerative therapy. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992. Now in Lowry or downtown.